0: In episode 24, Sarah and I are going to cover a very frustrating topic. What if your kid continues to say no? And by the end of this podcast, we're going to give you clear steps to help shift that situation to where it becomes from a negative situation to a positive one. Welcome. Welcome to episode 24 of the Art of Raising Humans podcast. I'm Kyle.
1: Hello, I'm Sarah.
0: And today, we want to talk to you about what to do when your kids continue to say no. Um, But first, before we get into that, I just want to remind you that, you know, Sarah and I have a private practice. We've got a private practice called Parenting Legacy. And I just point that out because we've got a fantastic website we'd love for you to visit. So that website's www.parentinglegacy.com. And I'm just pointing you that direction because if you like this podcast and like what you're learning, there's so many great resources there from blogs that we've written Um, to other episodes that we've done, to courses we've put together that go in much more depth than we're doing here on um, the podcast. And we just love for you to visit that. And um, we'd love for any kind of comments or responses you have to how that's helpful to you. But today in our podcast, um, you you should be getting this podcast sometime after spring break. So Sarah and I hope you had a fantastic spring break. We're about to go do a trip ourselves with our kids. Um, We love to visit Colorado and visit the mountains. So we're really looking forward to going up there and spending time with friends and getting to just enjoy some snow and some climbing and hiking and just just a fun time so i hope you guys had a fantastic time with your kiddos over spring break and made some great memories now we're doing this particular topic because i did have some people comment after that last uh, podcast when we particularly talked about power struggles and what to do when your kid says no and somebody asked a really good question well what to do when your kid continues to say no so we thought that would be a great sequel to that and of course that's never happened to us it, Sarah.
1: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> every time we do all of our little techniques, it always it works.
1: Always, Yeah. Work.
0: Every time the kids say no. And then we do our things. It's like magic. And then the kids say yes. Yeah. Right. So, simple
1: math formula.
0: Exactly. It's so it, kids are just like math formulas. <laughs> They're so yeah. easy. Um, I mean, this is kind of why we call the podcast, the art of raising humans that Sarah and I aren't giving you a prescription to raise kids like robots. You know, I think we're all raising kids that think for themselves, hopefully. You know, that have their own thoughts and opinions, and we want to integrate those into our families. And I think each of our kids brings something unique and beautiful and important to our family. And so sometimes when they're saying no, That's really good. Wouldn't you agree?
1: I would agree. I I think too, we have to realize we have different personalities. So some kids are more likely to say no, just because how they're wired. And instead of seeing this necessarily a deficit, but just go, okay, this is, you're here in the world to challenge things or you're here and, and sort of, it helps our energy to shift. If we can remember personalities are different, it's not going to be a magic formula because then we set ourselves up for this fall, right? We think, okay, I've got my three steps when I do my three steps, it's going to work out perfectly. And then when yep. it doesn't, it then our frustration, our tolerance, our ability to be creative is going to be diminished because we're hung up on the, what? You yeah. said no again? Yeah. And that's not going to help us. So if we can, not that it's easy, if we can, we want to let that go and stay creative.
0: Well, I know I can relate to this listener as well who asked this question because I know early on when we were learning new skills and techniques, it was like... Yes. A new way to control them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, you're always looking for that magic, (laughs) right? That's what all the books are. It's like, okay, okay, maybe this one. Yes. (laughs) What's the magical
0: new thing you can do? And I remember early on there was some great success and I thought, cool, we'll just keep doing that. Got it
1: all figured out.
0: And then the stinking kids would grow and change (laughs) and they would say no about something new. And lots of times I would find myself getting really frustrated because I'd be like, I thought we were past this. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, you're always I, hoping you're past Yes,
0: it. I thought we were eventually going to get to a kid who just would do what I ask, right? Just
1: keep it all easy. Why yes. does it ever have to be And
0: especially when I have a checklist that I need to accomplish and I've got a lot to do, it seems like those days in particular, they tend yeah. to say no more.
1: Yeah, when you're stressed, when you really need them to give you a yes, that's when they're going to give you a no.
0: So I think it's important to first say, yes, we've fallen into that trap too, that Sarah and I, in particular, we have a lot of skills. We have a lot of tools, much more than we did before we had kids and much more than we did before we got educated and read a lot of books and grew as human beings ourselves that I think we now have a tool belt full of tools, but still our kids sometimes still say no. And I can still slip into that being a problem, the problem that I need to solve, a problem that I need to control, a problem that I need to exert dominance. And it's over and that I need to make that kid say yes. Right. And I don't want to slip into that, that when I'm in my prefrontal cortex, when I am not rushed and stressed and I'm seeing my kid as the individual human, they are separate from me. I don't see their no as oppositional to me. I see their no as them advocating for their own desires and wants.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just like you said, uh, if you'll notice as a parent, I mean, the time I, I feel myself slipping into that and I just want to manage the situation it is those we're in a hurry we have to get somewhere or I feel like this is really really important and we've got to take care of this right now and when those emergency states those stressful states those are the times and then that's really about me and not them and I need to, I want to recognize that in myself because it'll help shift the energy too when I'm talking to my child because if I come to them in that state they kids pick up on that yeah. and then even if they don't understand it, even if they're little or whatever age they are, it doesn't matter, big or little, they're going to dig in more because they can feel this, whoa, why are you coming at me like this? And it just makes them dig in more. It's not going to help shift things. So I got to take care of me, take a deep breath, do what I need to do, take care of me to help Shift it.
0: That's where all that science that we talked about in the first few episodes, Sarah, comes in really handy. The whole idea of interpersonal neurobiology, exactly yeah. what you're saying, because many times, actually, those same skills that worked the day before, excuse me, that worked the day before actually aren't working today, not because they're not effective, but because I'm in a different place in my brain. Yeah. You know, and I find maybe the previous day I wasn't so rushed. I didn't have such a checklist. I wasn't so anxious. I wasn't so stressed. And so I want to point that out first that I think that's the overarching thing that typically is what I notice for myself is that typically it isn't the skill or the technique that isn't effective. Not to say that skill or technique is a magic wand and works all the time, but more often than not, when I'm doing things a certain healthy way, a certain way that is more congruent with the parent I want to be, typically it does work. It gets good outcomes, but on the days it doesn't, my first default is to reflect upon the different state I'm in. Like mm-hmm. in that moment, am I in a good space? Am I the very cooperation I'm trying to elicit from my child? Am I cooperative in this moment in the very, I'm trying to ask them to be flexible, but am I being rigid in my approach or am I being flexible? And I find more often than not, I'd say almost in those days, six out of 10, seven out of 10 times, it is my personal Inter my, my interpersonal state you know the, the, where I am neurologically that affects the energy the kid is bouncing off of
1: yeah yeah and then I think there are those days too where you feel like I'm in a good space yeah I came to you and I was joking and we've had you know this is this is uh, it's a good day for me and then the kid still says no mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. then I think okay if I feel like I'm really in a good space and I came to you in a good space yeah. Yeah what's going on inside of you? Yeah. Because just like I can feel stress, I can have a rough day. I can be have things on my mind. So can kids, yeah. especially teenagers. Yeah. I think they've got yeah. a lot on their shoulders. A
0: lot that they can't even maybe understand is happening. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
1: Trying to sort through it all, not even yeah. totally conscious. Like sure. you said, it's not like they, oh, here's my list of stressors. They're yeah. just there every day. And so if it's, so maybe I'm in a great space. But maybe I need to come to them and realize that immediate no and that attitude or whatever that yeah. came at me is about what's going on in their interior world. Yeah. They're feeling all of that. And, you know, when you feel it, you're just like, no, just like, it's almost as a reaction you mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. when someone's come, someone comes to you and it can feel like control. It can feel like, I've already got so much and yeah. now you're giving me, I need to go do this thing or, or you're not going to let me do this. And, and that comes and just heaps more on their, what their interior stressful world
0: yeah okay so so what i'm hearing you say and what we're kind of agreeing upon is the first step that if my kid continued to say no is first i wouldn't i I, I guess that the tendency is for most parents including even us is quickly then to default so okay i used all these new tools they're not working. Go back to old tools. You know, and those old tools for yeah. me might be fear and shame. I might then try to become more intimidating, you know. I tried to be nice, I tried to be kind, I tried to, to be helpful. Well forget that. It didn't work. So now you're making me have to get intimidating and big, right? So yeah. my tendency is to get bigger, or my tendency is I know for both of us might be when we're in that space to like use a little bit of shame language, you yeah, know. Yeah, I was put, gonna say something. guilt of, trip.
1: Yeah, guilt trip or some sort of a threat. Well if you not what uh you know this isn't gonna happen then this is what you know just to watch out kid yeah
0: Yeah. so the first thing i want to do is first remind myself that these healthier tools do work and i've got to trust the process second thing is i want to reflect upon my inner state am i in that good space am i in my prefrontal cortex in that moment am i projecting my stress and my frustration onto my kid and thereby making it more difficult for them to be cooperative and then you brought up the third step. The third step is am I conscious of maybe they're not in that sp- maybe they're in a worse space than I suspected, right? Maybe it's harder for them. Maybe there is more going on. I mean, you brought up teenagers. You know, we'll probably we definitely do a podcast in the future, but I mean, you're talking about not only do they have the social aspect, the the, the pressure. I mean, this world right now is so full of stress and anxiety and pressure. The future some, for some of them does not look bright. It looks very overwhelming and concerning more so than it has in the past. And and then they're also going through body changes and hormones that they don't even understand. They don't, I don't, I don't know about you Sarah, but there was times as a teenager I woke up and I was just mad. I just wanted to get in a fight with somebody, you know? And so if my parents were like, do you want breakfast? Yeah, of course I want breakfast. You know, God, why would you ask? You know, it was just like immediately, it was like, already I was like, or would you take out the trash? No, I'm not taking out the trash. Stop asking me to do so much. And it was this immediate reaction. I didn't even know where it came from, you know? And I, I think if my parents in those moments would come back at me like, hey, don't talk to me. like I, I, I do actually, as I'm saying this story, I remember one time I was sick and I just didn't feel well. My parents didn't necessarily know how sick I felt, you know, like my stomach was hurting or something. And I remember my dad asked me to do something and I was kind of like, no, I don't want to do that. And I mean, he was, you don't talk to me that way. And immediately turned into this big argument because he had no idea the space I was coming from, but also wasn't willing to let that, you know, happen. He wasn't willing to receive that and go, what's Mm -hmm. going on? And wasn't curious, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think too many times we can jump to that as parents. So if you were to ask the kid to one of our kids to do something and they said no, and then you did some, some stuff, you're in a good space Mm -hmm. and now you're like, well, that's, I'm still not seeing the result. What's the next step for you that you would take? Yeah.
1: So I would, I would be curious. Mm -hmm. I would honestly, I'd reflect on how much time have I spent with them. So how much investment have I made into our relationship? And I know we've talked about this in other podcasts, but the importance of connection, Yep. anybody a child, a grown-up, anyone, if I ask them to do something, their answer is kind of, it it depends on how well I'm connected. If I walked up to a stranger and said, Hey, can I borrow your car? They're going to say no, because we have no relationship. That's just, it's just true. And somehow we don't expect it to be true of our children always, or we forget. I'm, I'm buying you food and clothes and I'm here, but that's different than a time investment in our child. Mm -hmm. And so if you build that connection, they're gonna be more likely to say yes, so that's also my thought. Is yeah. whoa, what's the pushback? Okay, so, uh, you, so you're there saying there must be some breakdown here. So what
0: you're what you're saying you're curious about what the continued no is conveying. Yeah. And the first thing you think it might convey is a lack of connection.
1: Yeah, I mean, besides, we talked about their stress. Of right? You know, I, right. our daughter has she's got a lot going on right now, and and so I see times in her where I'm whoa, okay, your yeah, stress yeah, level's yeah. high. Yeah. But I also my immediate second thought is are we connecting? Am I helping her with that space that she's in?
0: Yeah. So I almost think that first step, a lot of parents naturally do a lot of parents naturally go, Oh, she's been going through a lot right now. Or man, school's been really hard for that kid, you know, or they they had this issue with a friend or they had, you know, whatever they got. So lots of parents, I think do pretty well at being compassionate about that Mm -hmm. and understanding. But then the next step is this like, have I spent much time with them? And I think that might be an important question to ask, especially when it comes to teenagers um, in their busy lives and their busy schedules. Have I spent enough time with them? Are we really connecting? Mm-hmm. Is all our conversations just me saying, "Hey, did you do that? Did you do this? Did you do that?" Mm-hmm. Maybe they're maybe they're feeling a little bit like a robot being <laughs> ordered around, and maybe I need to go back and get connection right.
1: Right. I, I've had times, honestly, where I, I remember, especially with my my son, there's times my older my older two, I'll go and if I notice this kind of snappiness, it'll start where it's just sort of the responses are a little snarky and mm-hmm. I, I will look for a moment. I'll kind of let it go right then. And I'll just look for a moment soon where I just, you know, get up next to them, get close. Hey. Normally, you don't talk to me that way. What's happening? Yeah. Is something wrong? Yeah. Are you upset with me about something? And and look for ways. I check in with them and then I look for a way to connect. Can we do something together? Mm-hmm. You
0: know? Yeah. And you and I might even say that together, right? And you you might say, Hey, I feel like, you know, Brennan's been a little upset. Have, yes. have we spent enough time together? Hey, yeah. why don't you try to get some time with Brennan? So, yeah. I, I, yeah,
1: so yeah. I need to go do something with
0: exactly. him. Exactly. So I'll say, Hey, why don't you get along with him? Go on a mm-hmm. walk with him or go on. So I would encourage any parent listen that to me is is one of the first things we would do a first intervention is if there continues to be constant resistance that's what the no is mm-hmm. i believe the big part of that is they don't know i'm for them you know or they don't believe i understand them you know they don't believe i get it you know so they inevitably the no is communicating something and yes. I'm not sure what it is. And so connection is the best way to help that door open to where they can better understand it themselves and then share it with me.
1: I love that. I love that the no, the resistance is not <laughs> is not just a no or a, you know, yeah. there's something behind it. There's yeah. always a reason. It's if we get caught up in the behavior, which is very easy. I do it. Sure, you know, you get me this knee jerk reaction yeah. to this. What? How yeah. dare you? Um, you have that. And I think that's normal. But if we can move past that and then go, wait, that's that's just an indication of something deeper. So mm-hmm. let me go straight to that deeper. And just like if something is hurting, you'd be curious, what's going on behind the pain? What's causing the pain? Mm-hmm. So if we can move to that space of, oh, what's causing this no and this resistance?
0: Yeah. And, and so then once we do that, once we do the connection, I, I, I think you tell me I, the next step I would take. So first of all, I'm reflecting upon my own, where I'm at. I'm reflecting upon what's going on with them. I'm, I'm thinking about, have I been connected enough? Right, I'm trying to understand and, and, and maybe in that moment I'm confused and that's why the no is so like, oh my gosh, like I'm trying, everything's not working. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to reconnect, okay? What else might you do in that moment? Like there's like immediately in that moment when they keep saying no how would you, because that connection thing sounds great, but it does sound like something we're doing later.
1: Right, right. What are you going to do right then? Sometimes now? you could move into it right then. Sure. You yeah. know, if it's not yeah. too heated, you can go, whoa, you know, just take a yeah. step back. I've but, done
0: that before. I've said to Brendan, yeah. I remember one time we were throwing away um, a lot of his rocks that he had saved. <laughs> we were cleaning out the garage and he likes to collect things. And so he collected a lot of rocks and I wanted to throw them away. And he was very upset at me about that and didn't want to let the rocks go. And so when I asked him to give me the rocks, he kept saying no. And what I did in that moment, he was a little, or kid. So at that time, Brandon was maybe four or five. And I just said, Hey, could you take a walk with me? And I specifically asked him if he wanted to hold my hand. And so we kind of walked together and I felt like it was an image of us working together. We're walking down the road together, holding hands. And I walked just long enough to where I felt like I felt him kind of relax and then I was able to get kneel down towards him look him in the face and then talk to him about how much that hurt to let those go and then he was able then to say dad I'm ready to throw this away and I think we agreed upon we'll keep four of his favorites or something
1: yeah like that. yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah so you empathized yeah, with yeah. his situation mm-hmm. so maybe there's his reason for saying no there you got to that reason yeah. for saying no the yeah. sadness the mm-hmm. loss
0: it was through connection and, and the connection was through yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. then you
1: empathized with it yeah. you still held your boundaries. yes yep and you honored his wishes too yeah. where you came together and honored his okay let's keep a few of the really special ones yep. and came with him on that so
0: now, now well sometimes sarah do you think it's appropriate to if the no continues happening in the moment to kind of just back off
1: yeah, that, that was my next thought. So, you know, I'm trying to, if I try to move into the relationship, but they're like, no way, not mm-hmm. right now. Or I might try humor, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but if I feel like all things are closed off to me, you know, because sometimes if I can just get my kids laughing, mm-hmm. then that shifts mm-hmm. it, right? I'm just looking for a change yeah. in the dynamics. Yeah. Let's change how things are going. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it might be moving in with kindness and softness, yeah. and sometimes it might be moving in with humor, yeah. but I want to change what's happening yeah. here. I'm not going to engage the resistance the more that resistance builds if they're building the resistance i sort of in this not directly but i just sort of let them know oh i'm not joining you in that i'm not going to battle yeah we can have fun i can hug you we can but or if anything i'll just back off of it
0: i think a lot of parents are afraid to do that because in that moment it looks like being permissive it looks like i'm letting the kid quote unquote my my fingers are up in the air quote unquote winning and I'm losing, right? Well,
1: and you want this, they need, sometimes they need to know when, sometimes I just need them to do it right right. then. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And so I think it's important, if I'm thinking that, that means I'm not in a good space. Yeah. So so I have to let go of the fear, that backing off, to me, it means nothing other than right now, we're just not in a good space to solve this. So first I want to emphasize this. This is what I wrote down, Sarah. And if you want to add to that to it is I think the continued no at, at the minimum is a misunderstanding. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's about a lack of communication. Either they don't know how to communicate their own needs and wants and why they think they're in opposition to what I want, or they don't understand what I'm asking. Right. Um, Or they don't believe they can do what I'm asking. Okay. So I, I just think it's a, first of all, at minimum, I would go with the thought it's just a misunderstanding. Okay. That I think the kid does want to cooperate. It feels better to have that kind of relationship with your parents. So I, I'm just going with that assumption. It doesn't help me to confident that they don't right. want to do that
1: it. yes. It's that positive. I'm, I'm going to believe the best in yes. you.
0: But so then I think beyond that, the kind of ideas I wrote down was a kid doesn't feel safe in the connection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the kid doesn't want to let go of power you know so maybe in that moment the kid is tired of constantly having to give in and do what they're asked Mm -hmm. to do and for some reason just in their life this I think was true for a lot of teenagers is they just feel powerless they feel like Mm -hmm. every adult in their life is telling them what to do
1: here's an opportunity to say no so I'm just gonna take it and it's something that's inside of them you know I used to when I I counsel kids there's a lot of times where I would just my whole theme of the session would be power struggles Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I'd see and I I didn't see it as this kid had a problem needing it's something they feel so overwhelmed and so out of control in life they're taking power wherever they can because they're totally out of control. Yeah. We can relate to that as adults. There's times yeah. we feel so the fact that a kids wants a kid wants power yeah. they want to be able to say no is not a problem. Yeah. We just need to we need to give them chances to say no. We need to give them power so, then when we ask for them not to have power and to say yes, they feel like they can because they've had lots of other opportunities.
0: And I think every parent can relate to that, where kids are asking you to do things all day long. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just say no because you're sick and tired. Of I just want to like, sit know. here. For I just want to do my own dang thing, man. Stop asking <laughs> me to do stuff. And you don't even have a good reason. And kids can feel the exact same way. So, then another one was the kid has a story in his or her head that says they need to fight and resist me for some reason. Yeah. You know? so there's some kind of story that they believe that somehow it's in that moment. It might be you know you're not for me, or maybe there's a thing that you're you you are trying to make me do something, or mm-hmm. um, especially with teenagers in particular. Yeah, you're you, know? not,
1: you don't care or understand yeah. me anyway. Yeah. So why am I going to go with you and exactly. do what you want? Yeah. So we need to constantly be working so hard with teens to convey understanding, empathy, loving them, you know, because yeah. they're in a place where they, they don't feel that. Very
0: and the much. last one was, maybe we as parents have been pretty inconsistent. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we aren't trustworthy people in a sense of maybe I think I asked them to do this all the time, but maybe they're like, no, actually you don't. Like mm-hmm. you only seem to do this on, when you're in this certain mood or you, you say this is important, but yet you don't model it, right? Mm-hmm. So so I, I think a lot of this in, in the, the kind of wrap up is, I wanna follow up with the kid to design structures and routines that make it more likely the kid will be cooperative with what I'm asking. Because that's typically the end thing is, is the kid is being asked to do something and they don't understand the purpose of what's being asked. They're not buying into it. Mm-hmm. They think they need to fight for themselves when really I want to make sure they know I'm not asking you to just go along with me and deny all your wants and desires. Yeah. I think we can work together for both to be a Yes. but the structures routines the consistency makes it more likely the kid is going to be cooperative
1: yeah it also makes it so you're not giving if if you just have this routine of you get up in the morning and you make your bed and you get dressed and you eat breakfast and, you know these things build into kids and they thrive on routines so if they're doing that then you don't have to constantly be giving out so many commands because it's already built into their daily system and then then you ask two other things of them, and it doesn't feel like you're asking ten things. You're only asking the two because the others are automatically done. So you get those routines in place, and then there's not so many things that they even think so, to say no. So
0: to. in wrap up, if your kids continue to say no, Sarah and I've kind of pointed out a few key, key things. Is one, am I connected enough? Right? Is my bank account in the red or am I in the black? If I'm in the red, I'm probably going to get a lot more no's and consistently get more no's. Um, two, does does my kid know I'm for them? You know, like like in in that moment, do I feel like I'm for them? Am I in a good place um, myself physiologically, neurologically, or am I just trying to exert control? Um, And maybe I need to pull away to get back to a better space before I ask that, right? Um, And then and then the third one I believe is, is so important is am I being consistent? Am I being consistent with my expectations? Am I modeling what I'm asking them to do? Um, And and I find lots of times the answer is in one of those three, right? Um, And then there's that fourth element of just what's going on with them? You yeah? know, maybe through later on conversations, maybe in that connection, right in that moment, maybe then you can help the kid move from the limbic system where they're, they're only thinking about themselves and not able to think about what I'm asking to them moving out to the prefrontal cortex where now they can be more open-handed and less closed fisted. Yeah. You know, now we can cooperate together. We can create something new in that moment. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I hope this was helpful to you. I, I, I know hearing no is a scary thing. I know sometimes hearing no means I'm losing control. It may, it may, it may look like I'm not, I'm not winning. And so what Sarah and I just want to, that might be good, you know, because they need to learn how to say no to people in their lives who sometimes are trying to take advantage of them or mistreat them. And so the problem isn't the no. It's mm-hmm. really yeah. coming together, communicating better, and understanding our intent towards each other.
1: Yeah, helping them to each. know how to communicate a no to you, even if then it needs to shift to a yes. But the fact that they can say no to a grown-up in their life, awesome.
0: Yeah. So I ho- hope this helps. And we'd love for you to share your comments about maybe things you do to help your kids shift from from, a, from no to cooperation, you know, moving that resistance towards that. Um, we'd love for you to leave any feedback. We'd love for you to share this stuff. You know, we'd love Five Star we love comments all those kind of things are really helpful if you have more things you'd like us to follow up with feel free to share those so i hope you have a great spring break and hopefully the spring weather is is beautiful and you're getting outside and enjoying that and um, it's been great talking to you so have a great day the art of raising humans podcast should not be considered or used as counseling but for educational purposes only